Hello everyone, Marie is here and today I would like to talk about my origin story. My story starts in the late 1970s in a small town on the Russian river Volga in the USSR. I was a happy Soviet girl there. I had a good and carefree childhood. I liked new things, I liked observing nature and I loved my friends and family. Every single day was a blessing and an endless journey of discovery and adventure. Regardless of what you've heard about the USSR, being a child there was pretty awesome. Only later did I get to know that my great-granddad was shot to death in his own house in 1924 by Soviets. One of his sons fled to Austria and we, their children, were forced to forget our roots. In 1991, the Soviet Union officially collapsed with all the difficulties and mayhem of a crumbling central government. I say officially because by this day the shadows, shadows of the Soviet system still darken parts of day-to-day -day life there. My parents started to fight more than they normally would and I saw them struggling every single day of their lives just for such simple things as having enough food on our table and clothing. I saw my neighbors and my friends' parents doing the same. Obviously, everything seems to happen overnight. Shock, grief, and despair gripped everyone everywhere. Suddenly, the new reality haunted me and dragged me abruptly from my cozy childhood full of wonder. As you could imagine, my family told me a lot of motivation and what I should to do in my life to quote, quote, succeed. All their hopes were put on me, all eyeballs were on me too, watching me growing and choosing my way. On top of that, I was the oldest sister, so after finishing school and earning the golden medal, the schools issues, uh, issued golden medals to its top students, I told my parents that I would want to be a journalist. I wanted to see people and places share their stories and help the world to be better as I was going to uncover what is hidden and make a difference. I also wanted to meet the expectations of my parents. I wanted to be enough. I wanted to be loved. My parents listened to me and then told me that they had received a proposal from the local bank to sponsor my education as the best school's pupil in the capital of Ukraine and the best economic university. It would be free of charge for my family and I would be able to obtain the cool professional finance specialist. After university, I was supposed to work in a bank and make money. I agreed. Being, being 16, I signed the agreement and became a student in the National Economic University of Ukraine. I thought I would become a success if only I studied hard and worked to be the best. And I was the best. One time I was in the metro station heading to the book market on Petrovka and I saw this strange announcement on the missing journalist Georgi Gangadze. From a badly printed copy posted on a dingy wall, a, a pair of bright and intelligent eyes stared back at me. I thought to myself, I hope they will find him soon. It soon turned out he was killed because of his brave journalist research about the high officials of the country 
His wife and their twins fled to the USA, the land of freedom, to stay safe and alive. I thought to myself, probably my parents were right, journalism is not for me. So I dug deep into financial and economical knowledge. I was the only student among a group of 200 who started to work at the age of 17. My first part-time job was a phone sales job in marketing and interviewing. It was ironic even to me. I was working after classes for hours a day and my first salary was salary was in cash in US dollars and it was worth the monthly salary of my father. Not bad, I thought to myself. I remembered being on the phone with my granddad, screaming from joy of what I achieved. All my life was in front of me, and I was a success already in my own eyes. I thought I had figured this game out. When I started my education in the economic university, little did I know that one day the workers of the bank would invite us to a meeting in one of the conference rooms of the bank. We were 17-18 year old children at that time, and they would work on forcing us to sign another agreement where we would need to pay money back to the bank and work for them, work for them a minimum of 10 years. Without parents, guardians, phones, or lawyers, we were trapped in this situation. The main banker came around and said, we will sign what they need us to sign and that we are the new blood of his bank. It took all my courage to stand up and walk away. I was one of the few ones who did, who did not sign anything and refused to work for them. I told myself to find a safe and strong place in my core and, regardless of how I felt, to do what I knew was the right thing to do in this situation. I was 17 and a half. I was scared, but I was true to myself. I was proud of myself. Though the bank sued me and won. After I started my first business, I paid off everything I owed that bank in cash in one chunk. When I did this, bankers came forward to me and apologized. They asked me to understand them. They knew it was not fair, but they uh, that they were forcing me to do that and uh, that with their obligations and their life situations, they had to comply. I forgave and I learned that bad and unjust things happen only because good people in bad situations choose to keep silence. Remember Nazi Germany? Don't allow anybody and anyone to silence you. Stand for your truth. I wanted it all, and preferably now. Meaning, at that point, a good salary and some interesting things to do beyond my work. My first real official job was at the Ministry of Economy and European Integration of Ukraine. The job itself was really cool. I got there by pure chance, I think. At that time, my father was doing renovations in apartments. When I was trying to find a good job after I finished university, my father suggested talking to his client as the client's father was working in a research institute and it was supposed to be the starting point of my career. After 15 minutes of our conversation, the client's father suggested that I value myself more and that he had something better for me than this job in his research department. He gave me a recommendation to try to apply for work 
as a lead specialist in the Ministry of Economy and European Integration of Ukraine. A miracle happened. I got in. I wa- it was an act of pure help, without expecting anything in return. To this day, I'm grateful to this person for his help and for his enormous lesson of support and kindness. So my background is in finance, investment management, and management of organizations. And as I mentioned previously, my professional life started at the beginning of the millennium in the Ministry of Economy and European Integration of Ukraine. The hard years after the collapse of the Soviet Union were going away, and we saw a glimpse of, of hope in our future. Young and unstoppable, I wanted it all, and I wanted it right away. I wanted success, a good life, and, and maybe a good marriage in the future. Life is a good teacher. We all learn this simple truth with time. My first job was in the coolest place in the capital city. It had prestige and opportunities of advancing in the government's um, service and so on. And at the same time, I felt bored, discouraged, and at times I wished I would not belong to this place at all. There were a few reasons for that. Have you ever worked your tail out creating a new department from scratch and after it was up and running another person would be assigned to head this particular department without any hard work involved and not so much knowledge and experience but only on the premise of being somebody's relative that's exactly what i ran into all my efforts dreams and vision of how i will quickly achieve my goals if i will just work really hard were scared in an instant that's the first time when i understand in practice the idea of the donkey and the carrot i didn't want to be the donkey i wanted to make a difference i wanted to be successful And even though the country was going through its first orange revolution, I decided to try myself in another sector of economy. Maybe by going back to banking, I will find myself, I thought. Long story short, I ran into exactly the same situation. Not good, I thought to myself. But being me and looking at the bright side of things, I thought I had learned just enough to start my own business. And I did. It was a business in design and manufacturing of furniture. We got successful pretty fast. Money we could only have dreamed about started to appear in our business account. We hired people to help us out with things. Now, looking back, I see I had a passion through my life. I like to observe things and people and to understand their nature and intentions and what drives them. I like to learn psychology and customer behavior as well. I also was born a helper and a healer, I believe. That's what I have done naturally through my life. I also served as a district officer and a club president in a charity organization called Rotary International. I was doing matching grants, working in the program for eradication of polio disease and as an officer for a youth exchange program. And uh, through this organization, I met with my second husband. I developed a willpower made of steel. Thank goodness. Being young, my health allowed me to do that. So everything was eventually good. 
I had my business and I didn't need to work for anybody else. It felt like I had found my place and my thing to do and I was expecting a child. Life was really good. After years of struggle and search, I had found my place in the world. Or so I thought. And then I hit a wall. At 28, I gave birth to a child and I was... It was a shocking experience. After 12 hours of labor, the surgeon came to me with a paper to sign, those papers to sign, to get my permission for an immediate cesarean section. Otherwise, he was not prepared to guarantee the safety of myself nor the life of my son. Without a lot of details, I just want to mention that after three days in the intense care unit and 10 days in the hospital, by a miracle we narrowly avoided double surgery for me and were on a long way to recovery for my son. With healing scars and in pain, but nevertheless happy, we were both sort of well and alive and we went, quote, quote, home. And that is where I hit the wall of misunderstanding and almost zero support from my ex-husband. Day by day, I was struggling to get well physically and morally and was fighting for the health of my newborn. I was slipping down into a dark place of depression for the first time in my life. As if all the fights and mishaps, all the inner conflicts and things I was struggling through my life haunted me down again with a new intensity and was dragging me down to the bottom of this scary and dark place. I found myself crying really often. I struggled through my day, but my willpower was not working any longer. There were long days that felt as if I would be walking in a deep water and every step throughout the day was a huge achievement. Then somatic symptoms joined and and psychological chaos and I felt like the mess got deeper. I was on my own in my battle for my life and for the life of my child. I had never asked for help before. I was usually the strong one in my life, the achiever, the shining star, somebody to look up to, an exemplary caretaker, helper, healer, and when I needed to be taken care of the most, I was hung out to dry. I felt like a total failure on each and every count. I was a mess for a long three years. Then I had an aha moment. I took total responsibility for myself and my child's life and well-being. I stopped waiting and I started doing it. First, I got in touch with people who were positive and supportive. I started to learn new things again and started to rebuild trust in myself. I got divorced when my child was three years old. Without money, work or a place to live, I left my then-husband. I lived for a few weeks in my parents' apartment and I was happy beyond imagination when I was ready to pay for my rent and move out. I took a job as a project manager at a telecommunications company with 200 people to manage every day. It was tough, 
but I thought I could work hard and that I would build up myself again. And um, as if I didn't have enough to endure, my uncle got cancer. After two operations and a brief recovery, he wanted to relapse and in the span of four or five months died at the age 48. My granny was devastated and had a heart attack. My mom was diagnosed with cancer and after two operations is still alive, well and healthy now. Believe me, when I tell you that it doesn't matter how good and strong your willpower is, everybody can hit a point in their life when they crumble and break. The last nail in my emotional coffin was a betrayal of my ex-boyfriend. I got to know accidentally through social media, no less, that he not only cheated on me, but that the other woman was eight months pregnant. So how do you deal with all the stuff coming your way? How do you stay sane and regain the ability to think and act? I didn't have a chance to even cry. I had to act and act fast to literally save the lives of people I love. I came up with a plan. I quit my project manager job first of all and searched for a good idea to start a business with minimum investments and maximum results. That's how Enso Style LLC started. Second, I fired my ex-boyfriend. I made sure my son has everything he needs, including relationships with my ex-husband and his family too. I wanted to make sure I would not want my own child. I opened my heart. I forgave them. I wasn't holding on to past pain and wounds. I felt much more free and I was light and ready to conquer the world again. My mom needed help. I did everything I can to make sure that no page will be left unturned and she will be healthy and with us again. Surgeries, professors, special diet, a lot of emotional support, Tibetan monk in the middle of Ukraine praying for her health. I didn't care what I had to do. I took a massive action and we had our breakthrough in treatment. Things started to come together again. Mom was healed, my son had everything he needed, and my business came together and worked. I volunteered at Rotary and went to the United States for the first time as a young professional to exchange knowledge and to gain experience. I was introduced to people from AT&T and City Corporation, to people who were owners of different successful businesses here in the United States. We exchanged ideas, we shared, they shared their journeys, the, their mindsets, their challenges, and their hero's journey on the way to success. They chose to give to the community and make a difference, to be a positive force in action for good. I saw my path. I made a decision and the pieces of puzzle started to come together. I was active and driven and made a lot of great stuff. I was in awe with myself. I was happier than ever. I slept little. I was exercising my willpower a lot. I hardly had time for myself. I was so busy. And here this crippling feeling of something missing and of inner conflict started to emerge in me again. 
What was I missing? The answer came without a long delay. You're 33 already. And then the questions poured in. How For how long you're planning to run like a crazy chicken? Do you think willpower is the key to success? Is success enough for you? How about fulfillment? How about enjoying life and being fulfilled? Again, an inner conflict emerged. My willpower was definitely overused. I felt like I was stuck in one mode of my being. Instead of enjoying my life and live in a state of flow, I time and time again exercised the same survival tactics. <laughs> Something to think about. Life without fulfillment is ultimately a failure in itself. No way, I cannot bear another failure. I have to find my missing piece. And as it often happens by accident, which is, in my opinion, usually a stroke of fate, I got myself enrolled into a very expensive training that taught the hidden knowledge of ultimate achievement and success. I was ready to rock. That was my first introduction to real transformational coaching. This training changed my life completely. Now I know and live in a state of intense relaxation. The coaching allowed me to get rid of my inner conflicts, which were sabotaging my results. I learned and experienced the whole range of my emotions. Instead of being caught in the endless loop of crazy eights, I now I recreated my self-image. I learned how to be enough. I realized that I am loved and I am loved. I learned to live in a state of flow and how to give unconditionally to others through overflow. I learned and I started to use insanely effective tools to create my vision, to plan my business, to use archetypes, to enhance my brand and my business decisions, and etc. The impact of coaching was so profound that I decided that this was the calling and this was to be my way. All the pieces of puzzle were laid in place right before my very eyes. I am convinced that entrepreneurship is the force that can change our common life as humanity for the better. Each and every entrepreneur is a hero on a journey to his or her peaks of achievement and contribution to others. My transformation was so profound that on the 12th of December 2012, I embarked on my journey of helping other entrepreneurs and professionals to transition to higher levels of their own life and business game. Coaching became my mission and my way. Thank you for your attention and see you next time. Bye.